Hello and welcome to the Skeptical Scotsman. Um, it's been a very, very, very busy time for me. Being a maintenance man where I live and all, it tends to get a little busy. Uh, even when I don't intend it to be busy. Um, such as this last week, I had a wisdom tooth pulled. And the only reason that is such a huge event is because my wisdom tooth, the roots... One was up in my sinus cavity, and one of the other roots was bent at a right angle, like that. And yeah, it got pulled, so I'm still recovering from that. I don't have the gauze in my mouth anymore. I, I wear it sometimes, but not all the time. It still hurts because there's nerve pain because it was a fucking wisdom tooth. Anyway, I went to work the same. I went back to work the same day. But today is Sunday, June 4th, 2023. And this is only to signal this for our posterity, because this is going to be a fucked up podcast. At least as short as it is. It's, well, it's now 8.17 and 35, 30, 40 seconds. 80%, it's 80 degrees outside. The humidity is 42%. The dew point is 55 so it feels muggy as fucking hell. It's like trying to uh, swim through a swamp. And the bar barometric pressure is, I believe, on the rise at 29.96. So it is not fun. Today was hot. I have a brain. I have a little more of a tan. As if I need to be any more tan. If I get any more tan, I'll be darker than the Mexican that works on our team. And just so you know, the the name of this is The Skeptical Scotsman. The episode itself is named Bridges and Dopamine. Fitting handle, I was going to call it uh, Napalm and Silly Putty, but realized George Carlin already had that. So I had to go with something else. Okay. Now, it sounds like a fucked up name, but I promise you it's worth the time. And, yeah. This is going to be a very weird one. We're going to talk about Generations cohorts and yes i i've had this information for years and just recently as maybe robert knows i found a connection between all the generations which we'll talk about in the compare and contrast section at the end but right now we're going to talk about the generational cohorts or the generations so without further ado i wrote this in about three hours it's not much like a page and a half, maybe two pages altogether, but these are just notes and points to remember. I'm ad-libbing most of this, as most of you know. And I'm very good at ad-libbing. So, now, first of all, we have the Baby Boomers. The Baby Boomers was a generation that started in 1946 to 1964. They are initially uh, uh, remembered as post-World War propagate, or they're the post- World War II uh, children propagated by the greatest generation and the silent generation or the lost generation. Uh, the, gener uh, the greatest generation was the generation right before the baby boomers and the lost generation is the generation before the greatest. In case you don't know, this is a little history lesson for you. Uh, they would have been the ones who fought in... Uh, the silent generation would have been the generation that would have fought in, uh, like, say, World War One, And yes, it is po very possible. Um, generation, uh, the baby boomers, 
are known for being the biggest court horde ever, and I do mean fucking ever, because after the war, people were fucking like jackrabbits. Like, they were humping the shit out of each other. I mean, there are so many families that are jacked up, shall we say. We don't view them that. We view them... We view all these... Uh, we view a lot of the, the family units that existed when the baby boomers were born as romantic. When... It's a romanticized version. You had so many broken homes. Soldiers who would take on another soldier's wife, marry her, and take on the son or the daughter or the children. If there's more than one. And it was romanticized at that point. It became kind of romanticized. Well, you got to take on your friend's family. And that led to a whole new disillusion of family and who actually is family. So... Some people are finding out they're not related to the people they thought they were, but that's not their fault. In fact, if the if the greatest generation and baby boomers had been more honest with each other, they might have learned this and gotten on better. But anyway, uh, they're the main demographic part uh, to participating in Woodstock in 1969, which means you had. A lot of very young people trying to... They, they were their own culture, to be sure, but they were a counterculture to what came before them because a lot of the greatest generation didn't want to hear the the rock and uh, the really loud rock that was being played at uh, Woodstock. Like Jimi Hendrix music? Yeah, there were, a, there were a few visionaries back then who were part of the greatest generation. But for the most part, the baby boomer generation was too loud for the generation before them. But the greatest generation had ju had already been through fucking World War II. I think they kind of earned the right to be pissy if they wanted to be. Um, they are the first generation of hippies in history. Everybody who says they were born uh, before this era weren't the original hippies. It was actually... Baby boomers who turned into the first hippies. The guys who were like, if they were in their 40s or their 50s and participating in the hippie movement, or participating in the hippie movement, they weren't actually hippies. They were, to use a very loose term here, guru, because people thought they needed gurus. To live better lives, to teach them how to do better things. No, they didn't. They were these gurus were using them, but they were the first generation of actual hippies. Of you know, let's just have sex and communal living and all this stuff. And a lot of horrible things happened in those communities, but not for all of uh, the baby boomer generation. Um, they made drug use and random hookups a thing. They were into free sex and free dr and drug use. It doesn't mean free drug use, just means they were into drug use. So they were into getting high and fucking. And a lot of people are like, well, that's kind of rude. That's what the fuck it is. When you break it down, the guys wanted to bang some chick. The girls were wanting to uh, make love to a guy and know what love felt like. The only problem is they didn't know what they The girls were, in most cases... Far too young to know what the fuck love was. They thought physical love was actual love. And it's not. As much as we hate to admit it. The act of having sex is not love. 
the act of making love is the intent behind it and the emotions endued with it, not just the physical act. The physical act is just called sex or fucking. Get over it. You'll have to you'll have to grow up at some point. You're not the kids of Kathy Griffith or is that her name? The chick who did the show where with Regis. Kathy Lee Gifford. Yeah, Kathy Lee Gifford. She was she calls a runny nose a case of the snots. Grow the fuck up. It's called a runny nose. Scroll the fuck up. Stop being this proto-idiot idiot thing. Doctors don't understand the snots. Her nose is just running. We call it the It's called a runny nose. Get over yourself. Stop trying to be so puerile. Okay. Um, thought they were bucking the system. They wanted workplace visibility. Yes, that is true. The problem is, is they were putting uh, they were putting up with way too much bullshit for the previous generation and their propagation into the baby boomer culture. Uh, baby boomers learn a lot of baby boomers learned from the generation before them that men were the top and men weren't needed to be in charge and aggressive. The problem is, is they were working under the impression that women didn't want those top positions. Women wanted them. Women were literally having sex with their co-workers or bosses to get those positions, but they didn't get them because the men are like, okay, banged her, and now time to go hit somebody else up. They were being used. And I know I'm missing a lot of points from Bay Boomers. I'm just pointing out the biggest differences I could think of at the time, which was like two or three days ago. Now, they were the third iteration of the women's liberation movement. Yes, the third iteration of it. They weren't the first. Brawl burning and all that shit was like the third wave of revolution for the women's movement. If you don't believe me, look in a history fucking book. Look it up on YouTube. Burning brawls was decades after the women's movement started. Decades! Because the women's movement started in like the 1920s or some crap. Probably started before that, but it was only really publicized in the 1920s. 1920 apostrophe S. It started in the 1920s, not the 2020s. Okay. And if I'm missing some points, be free to point them out. I don't care. It's cool. I'm okay with learning a little bit of history. I just know a lot of it. And I had to boil it. I had to boil this shit down to a, uh, a few certain points. To make it a shorter podcast, because if I made a five-hour podcast about this, it would be a fucking audiobook, which I'd never do anything with. And then I would be up until, like, 2 a.m. I'm not up till 2 a.m. I don't want to be up till 2 a.m. I work tomorrow. But feel free to throw in some points about baby any of these generational uh, bits that you want, about what you think they contributed. I may agree, I might not, but this is literally what I'm pointing out that they did, Okay. I may be wrong. I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm just pointing out my what I noticed, okay? Having said that, let's move on to my generation, Generation X. And some of you may not like this, but tough shit. It, it, I actually had to spend some time looking this up years ago. Generation X is from 1964 to 1980. Anybody born on the last day, like December 31st at mid uh, at 11.59 is still part of Gen X. 
You're like, I'm in it off from being a millennial, but you're still a Gen Xer. That having been said, and yes, I have a chart to back this, to back this up. I've used it for quite a few years since I found it. People are like, no, you're not part of Gen X. You weren't. 19, 1979 wasn't the last year. 1980 was the last, the very last year of Generation X. I belong to it, barely, but still. Okay, now. We were propagated. Generation X was propagated by baby boomers and the greatest generation. Uh, the only reason I say that is because there are there are people now that they were born the same year I was, or a year before, and their parents were forty plus years old. Their parents should not have been forty when they were born. That makes them a told a whole different generation. That makes the uh, that makes them yeah. <laughs> that means they were part of the greatest generation, maybe the ass end of it, but they were still the greatest generation. And then you have they come from baby boomers and the greatest generation, which I already just said, which seems kind of repetitive, but work with me here, people. Work with me. Okay. Um, yeah, we are, not, uh, Generation X is known for being independent and free thinking and having an attitude. Now, here's the caveat. You can say that everybody in, uh, that a lot of people in each generation, uh, have an attitude. Yes, I will agree with you on that. Here's the difference, though. Not everybody was born with attitude and moxie. The ability to fucking back up what they're saying. There is a difference here. Like, for instance, there are, I know several people who've got a loud mouth, but don't back it up. The second you get in their face, they turn all meek, start turning their head, and that's that's not having that's having an uh, that's having all bark and no bite. Me, I was kind of raised to have a bark and a bite, but only to use them when I needed to. So that being a huge difference there. And not all Gen X has a bite. Some have just barked. They just love to bitch, moan, and complain about every little fucking thing. And to those people, stop complaining. Seriously, stop complaining. What gives? Why are you so mad? Get the fuck over yourself, move on, work harder for something else. That's how it works. Okay. We had an attitude and moxie, and we changed the music world forever, because without Generation X, you wouldn't have modern-day grunge or alternative rock. For everybody saying, they didn't fit. Yes, they did. Yes, Generation X, let's see, Nirvana, the, uh, who is it, the, uh, the Foo Fighters, uh, Stained, Static X, uh, Disturbed, uh, Nickelback. I'm not saying uh, Nickelback's necessarily the best uh, group in that book. Um, shit, I'm forgetting one. Lincoln Park, there you go. Lincoln Park. Um, and the funny part is, is almost all of the graduation songs that we know nowadays 
were originally meant for Gen X. <laughs> they were meant for the class of 99, the last class ever of Gen X. Uh. And one was released on time, one was released a year later because music people are dumb like that. They want shit released on one schedule while we plan on another. Okay. We're the first generation to openly use and advocate marijuana use. Now, some of you will say that there are boomers who advocate for that. Yeah, but the bitch of it is, is most of those baby boomers are like, Oh, I've used bottle. You sound like Cheech and Chong, motherfucker. Get over yourselves. I get the fact that you like using pot. You like getting high. But because of how you were raised versus how we were raised, we were raised like... Have you used pot? Nope. They didn't look at us again. They just let us work. Like, for baby boomers who are like, well, I was into pot. No. You weren't asked directly if you were using marijuana. And there was no testing for marijuana back when you were in there. They just went, they literally had to go with you by your word unless it caught you using. For us, they had drug testing, and so did millennials. But we were the first ones to go, I don't know what you're talking about. And then they, uh, when, uh, right around the early turn of the century, they came out with drug tests that were testing for marijuana. Made a huge, it uh, made a huge wrecking ball of everything. But we, use, we used and advocated for marijuana. And plenty of my generation has been like, well, not the whole thing, but uh, some of you, some of my generation has been, well, our votes don't count. No, see, everything that matters, the, everything that gets voted on, has to be through registered voters when you throw file your opinion. If you're a registered voter, doesn't matter what party you go through, if you're a registered voter, and they give you, uh, like, an opinion poll for registered voters, it counts then. Then, when it gets on the ballot, you insert your opinion again for it. And it gets, we're getting closer to that. The problem is, is not enough Gen Xers, well, it's a conspiracy, no, drop the conspiracy bullshit, drop your own fucking, your own third eye mystical bullshit, become a registered voter, that doesn't mean they're going to single you out, this is the way it works. That way when they ask, well, are you for legalizing marijuana, if you're a registered voter and say yes, well, will you sign this? Yes, that means it'll get on the ballot faster, and it'll have a better chance of being on the ballot so you can vote for it and get it passed. That's how that works. But I'm telling that to those of you who don't know how this works. Being a registered voter and then putting your opinion down on paper for a, uh, what do you call it? For a, uh, I forget the word right now. I've had too much on my brain. Uh, but yeah, a petition. If you got if you got enough registered voters on a petition, boom, it slides through no problem. But you have to be registered for it to count. That's the bitch of it. Now, we're the first generation to go from analog to digital on all technology. What this means is we remember working on the Apple IIEs. We remember working on the Apple leases. We remember working on Commodore 64. I remember my dad whipping out a uh, Commodore suitcase computer where you popped the uh, lid off and the bottom, the inner part of the lid was a keyboard. Plug in a thing, plug in a floppy disk, play Pac-Man on it. A little screen that's literally like 
that big. <laughs> it was small. We still played for hours on that. We played all sorts of nonsense on that. We had Atari, the original Atari. We, I, we didn't grow up with a Nintendo. Everybody else had a Nintendo. We had a Sega Genesis and an Atari. We got an Atari. We were playing Pitfall, E.T., a whole bunch of games. Then we got a Sega Genesis and holy shit. Like Sonic 2 was the big thing and so was Mortal Kombat 2. I played both. I beat both. I got cheat codes for both. And to this day, there are certain things I can't do on Mortal Kombat 2 or 3 because uh, the distance is messed up and I can't do it because it's on a screen. But we were we went from having rotary telephones to when, uh, like me, I was 28 when they first released the first uh, touchscreen cell phone. 28. And in the last year of my uh, cohort, my generational cohort, so you're talking everybody from 28 to 48 finally got in on this uh, technology. And yeah, we would, we remember when everything was analog. When you had to plug shit in and make multiple connections. Like if you wanted your DVD to work, you had to plug it into this, that, and the other. Because unless you spend an ass lot of money on your TV, thousands of dollars... Uh... Had to go T, uh, DVD converter to TV, and yeah, it was just a whole mess. And and that was for DVDs. For tape players, it was uh, for tape players and gaming systems. It was hooking up to the hook the gaming system or the VCR up to a conversion box, which made an auxiliary channel like three or four. On an old dial TV, not digital TV, and all that nonsense. So we've we've seen everything analog. Like you remember having to push buttons hard and things like that, where you had to turn a dial to uh, get something done, all that kind of crap. Now it's bloop, okay, you're done, or you press a, a keypad button that's in that's flat instead of a big punchy button, like. I still remember my uh, my grandpa died. He had an adi- an old fashioned adding machine. The keys are like that fucking long. He punched the keys. Yeah, it's that old. I remember those. I don't realize that everybody uh, my generation remembers them, but I do. Okay, and we were the first generation to tackle sexual orientation properly. I don't mean men becoming women and women becoming uh, men. None of that bullshit. We were the first. We were the first generation to openly start the conversation. Are you gay? Are you homosexual? That conversation. Baby boomers didn't want to address it because men are men and women are women. Men fuck women. When women get fucked by men, that's how it worked. And then on the side note, it was. Well, married uh, this married guy is going with that other guy to go have some alone time, and this woman and this woman are getting nervous and going into the bushes to have some alone time there. What are they doing in the bushes? No, you don't want to know. 
And for anybody who says the baby boomers are doing that, no, they uh, they were actually getting beat, beat up for it. Like, seriously, they were getting beat up for that shit. Because the generations before didn't want to acknowledge gayness and sexual orientation. Sexual orientation for us was like, are you gay? Oh, you are. Okay, well, now I know. Didn't speak about it again. Didn't matter. Literally, it it, it, it was like for me when I uh, for the gays it probably felt different. For the LGBT community, it probably felt like walking on eggshells. But for me, it was like, oh, so you're gay. You're gay. That explains a lot. You being gay, with you being flamboyant and overly girlish, and or overly feminine. It makes sense. You're not mad at me. No, I don't want to beat you up. I'm just, I was trying to figure out what was going on with you. I thought something was wrong. Like you had a conflict or some shit going on up on here. Turns out they were, and it was because they weren't out yet. Uh, we made the conversation, open campfire conversation of, hey, you gay? Oh, here, have a beer. <laughs> That was, that was literally a conversation. You're here, have a cigarette. You're here, have a joint. You know? Okay. And no, I, I realize I'm not covering everything Gen, uh, that we as Gen X have done. I'm not saying that. Oh, and we also popularized tattoos. Tattoos were... Uh, we single... We, we in a single generation made tattoos go from... An, an, uh, an ostracizing issue to who doesn't have a fucking tattoo. That's literally how common it is. Okay. I know I'm missing other points, but like I said, I'm boiling this down. I'm trying not to take too fucking long. Because I've got uh, two more generations ago and then compare and contrast. So we're going to try to move this along. Next we have Millennials or Gen Generation Y. Oh, buddy. Born from baby boomers, millennials are from 1981 to 1996. Sorry, I got that out of order. Millennials, or Gen Y, is from 1981 to 
I wish I could say more. Y'all tell me uh, what all gen, what all else that millennials are known for. I don't particularly know because when I look back on those years, most of the most of the uh, movements were created by all the other generations, not by millennials. Now to Gen Z. Gen Z was from. 1997 to, I think, 2010, 2009, I think. They were born of... Most of them were born of uh, Gen X and Millennials. A few really old baby boomers decided to have kids, but, yeah, it's it was weird. I've got an uncle who's a boomer who's got kids who are... Um, I think they're millennials. Not sure. I think could have swore it was Gen Z. But anyway, um, they are uh, Gen Z is tech dependent, whereas millennials are kind of tech dependent. They can still operate without it. Generation Z for the mo for like ninety five percent of their generation is completely dependent on technology. Snapchat, TikTok, YouTube, para any fucking social media you can think of. They're addicted to it. They don't know how to function without it. There are now books being released called Learning How to Live Without Technology or explaining how they can live without technology because they have no fucking social skills. They think it's all throw an attitude and make everybody back off and fake it until you make it. That's how plenty of them got started on uh, TikTok and Snapchat. Um, I see them as a confused and weak-minded generation because they can't form their own opinions. They need to rely on other people who claim to be experts to form their opinions for them. I can't do that. I have to form my own fucking opinion. I have to gather facts and like when I like I've said on several other podcasts, when I look something up, I go up looking to be made wrong i look forward to looking something up and then with my own assumption in mind and i look forward to the assumption i have being wrong i look forward to reporting it the problem is not a lot of the time am i wrong the assumptions i make when i start doing a search on a subject end up being verified scientifically and that's what's really weird is being tech, uh, being tech dependent and weak minded and weak willed and confused goes along with, in my opinion, uh, weaker parenting because of the millennials and eh, some of the older gen, uh, some of the younger Gen Xers, and just straight up not giving a shit. Going out and partying because raving was a thing back when I was a teen to an adult, an older teen to an adult. Never been to a rave, never fucking dropped ecstasy so I could fucking dance all night. Because what was I doing? Oh yeah, I was working. I was making money instead of sitting there relying on mommy and daddy to give me money. I know not everybody in every generation has that. 
but a lot of the people I knew who were going to raves and fucking uh, buying drugs and all this shit, they were getting money from their parents, or they were working constantly. They were working constantly under the influence of drugs to go to raves and do all this stupid shit. I was busy just working and all that crap. Now, I believe, uh, due to what I've seen and heard from everybody I know who's in Gen Z, they are vastly undereducated in real-world subjects because they all get their news from various TikTok or Snapchat sources that they trust. Not that those sources are any good. They don't do all any of their own uh, searching. They just rely on some jackass to report to them what they want to hear. Just like with the trans debate, that's pretty much you're you're using confirmation bias and reporting with that on your side to make people listen to you. The other issue is this gener uh, that, uh, generation Z cannot define man or woman. They can't actually define what a man is or a woman is because they don't give a shit. They want to be seen as whatever the fuck they want. I believe them to be gender confused. They don't. Uh, I don't care if Generation Z agrees with me. I really don't. This is what I see. Am I gonna fucking uh, pelt a Gen Zer for, uh, and beat the shit out of them in public for dressing like a woman when they have a full-grown beard? No. Doesn't mean I'm gonna go near them either. I mean, if you're if you got a full-grown if you got a full-blown beard, you put, uh, you're packing a hard on. And you're walking around in a dress and makeup. I'm not going to get around you because clearly you have mental issues. And telling me you're more of a man than I am and more of a woman. Um, I, you're more of a man than I'll ever be and more woman than I'll ever get. No, that, uh, that re that's reserved for a different breed of person. Somebody who knows that they're one thing. And they're presenting themselves as another. Knowing all that. I get. I'll accept that from some of my drag friends. Very select few of them. But I will. Let's see. Um, then the next point is. They, cur they currently fucking full on own the trans movement right now. Uh. It's not a kind of sort of. They own that fucking thing. They took it for the millennials. Like here. We're going to take this item, pour gasoline on it, and make it a Jerry Springer show just with nothing but trans issues. Because if you feel it, it must be right. No, that's not how it works. But go ahead and keep on thinking that. Another key element that seems to be working with Gen Z that works with, that goes with one other point, the vastly... Un, they're vastly uneducated in real and real world stuff or real world things is they overvalue their skills in real life if you can't make a fucking hamburger and make it look nice in a, in a fucking restaurant what the fuck are you doing asking for $15 an hour if you've got food coming back all the time because it's incorrect you don't deserve it $15 an hour well it's a livable wage no how about not having all the shit you think you need in the world and live with basic shit. That's what the rest of us did. It's called budgeting. You'd know that if you were fucking educated, but it clearly you're not. Like, we had to budget for 
kids, laundry, rent, bills, if we wanted to drink, if we wanted to do, if we wanted to smoke, marijuana or cigarettes, either one, we had to budget for it. We had to budget all this crap in, and then whatever was left, okay, now we can do this other stuff. It was, uh, not everybody follows that, but that's how, and that's how it is. But I'm not going to pay some idiot kid who's like 21 and doesn't know how to hold a hammer. I'm not going to pay them $15 an hour to help me build a house. They're going to get paid fucking minimum wage. Well, that's not right. They're, they have no fucking skills. End of story. If they don't have skill, if they don't have skills, they're not going to get fifteen dollars an hour. Period. They're going to get basic fucking minimum wage. And for all you who, well, that's not that's not fair. Life ain't fair. If life was fair, Jeff Bezos would be giving his money to the fucking U.S. economy or trickling it down to all his employees. You think he's doing that? He fucking owns Amazon. Everybody who uses Amazon and everything else that he owns are making him richer. And you don't see that. How? Anyway. You're not... If you're 16 and you expect $12 an hour, you're fucked. You're straight up fucked. Nobody's going to pay you at 16 uh, $12 something an hour. It's not going to happen. Like if you work for Spangles, which is only a regional restaurant chain here in Kansas... They'll hire you twelve dollars an hour. There are other places that'll hire you at a little higher rates, but when you're sixteen, they're not going to hire you for a lot of money. Now, me, if I go in, considering after the first month, usually my uh, my shrink or my errors go from a buttload to zero in an eight-hour shift. How many of you can say you can do that? I've done it before repeatedly. I've worked at McDonald's and a few other fast food chains, and I got their waste to zero during my shift. Like, I'd, throw, I'd make sure the previous shift had their shit thrown away, had my own stuff coming up, have all my own crap thrown over fresh, and at the end of an eight-hour shift, because of what somebody else did, I'd maybe have one item in that wastebasket. One! Run it down, like, $2 item. You know, the the manager would be like, I could literally mark that. You could just throw that away, and I could mark that off as nothing. No, we're going to do it the right way. You count this. That way they know that I've made one mistake all shift. Most shifts, you have a you have a wastebasket or two. You have a 30-gallon wastebasket filled up with mistakes. So for me, working at fast food wouldn't be worth it because I'd have to make more than $15 an hour. But it's because of my learning curve and what I can do. And for those of you who say I shouldn't get that, because that makes me part of the problem, when you hit the point where you can help a company make hundreds of dollars more every week, you can start complaining about it. Are there plenty of Gen Zers who do the work and keep the company in money? Yes. Should their pay be commensurate? Yes, but they're not going to make what I could make. They're not going to make what my experience gives me. For the Gen Zers who say that we got to make a living wage. How about you not own everything that you want to own in life in the next two years? How about you save, learn how to budget, do your bills, you know, sign a lease, 
own a phone plan. Do all the shit that no, all the rest of us have to do. Well, that's not fair. You guys fucked it up. No, we didn't fuck it up. Without our experience and savvy with the cell phones, you wouldn't have prepaid cell phone services like you do today. Like we belong, uh, like me and my wife belong to Boost Mobile. So we pay a hundred bucks for three phones, uh, all the trimmings we could want, and we're not stuck on any plan. If we don't pay the bill, it shuts off when it, on the due date. It's not hard. You budget for it. Uh, if you're on a plan, like a two or three year plan, that means you have to pay it off or they will try to charge you everything for that bill. Okay, anyway, now that we've stretched this out to 40 minutes, I had no intention of being on this this long. We're going to go through the, uh, the compare. Now, comparing, comparing the similarities... Each generation comes from the previous two generational cohorts that propagated them. And this is pretty much historically true. Usually the very young cohort from two cohorts ago and the last cohort completely made up the next cohort. Or the current cohort. They all had similar uh, breakthroughs, even if they were small, kind of like the millennials. And as I said, if you have something to point out about uh, a generation that you thought I was wrong about or another one that you thought I missed, feel free to point it out. I have no problem reading them. Hell, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the last comments about my Second Amendment uh, speech. That was funny as shit. I got a hell of an energy. I, I find it educational and entertaining as all hell. As much as I hope you found these uh, videos entertaining from the Skeptical Scotsman. Thank you. Every generation, every fucking generation had their drug issues. With uh, Baby Boomers and Gen X, the older Gen Xers and the later, the, the early Baby Boomers, no, the old, the younger Baby Boomers, the older Gen Xers, Contributed to the crack cocaine outbreak and all that shit. Um, now we have fentanyl. That's it was challenging um, Gen Z, and now it's threatening Generation Alpha. Why anybody would go on fucking uh, fentanyl? High doses of fentanyl is beyond me. It's deadly. It needs to be monitored. We can talk about pain, uh, pain medication and all that shit later. Now for the contrasts. Their differences. And this is what I think ultimately is oddly, oddly links to all generations. Uh, the, the three biggest generational cohorts together. And the three biggest generational cohorts right now are Boomers, Gen X, and Gen Z. Those are the people, those are the three generations with the most influence right now. And I'm not saying millennials aren't influential. Most of them don't put in much of an opinion that hasn't already been shared, though. That's the issue I have with them. They're sharing bullshit opinions that are amalgamation of Gen Z and Generation X. Become original. Anyway. Boomers wanted sexual freedom, no matter the cost. 
They didn't care if they had to fuck some chick while they fucked a hooker and gave everybody crabs, AIDS, gonorrhea, didn't care as long as they got the rocks off. Um, so they wanted free sex and uh, hopefully free drugs. Uh, Gen Z wholly accepted sexual preference or orientation, being gay, being bi, we accepted all that shit. And we accepted it as an open thing. Generation Y, or Millennials, they didn't do much. They started the trans debate, but it isn't their core issue. It seems to me that a lot of gens, uh, a lot of Millennials are trying to find where they fit in. They really don't. They really haven't done a lot. You Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong on that. Point out stuff that they've done, that that generational court has, uh, cohort has done. Then there's Generation Z. They adopted the trans debate and uh, adopted, or no, they, they, what did I put here? They made gender identity a, a core issue. They go by trans the, uh, stuff and gender identity. That's the biggest thing for Gen Z right now. It's not about everything. Uh, these are their best core issues because if anybody starts talking about, well, they went through something. No, they, trauma is not the issue. The core issues for this generation seem to be them being who they want to be, when they want to be it, which seems to be a choice, which is wrong in the first place. Discovering that you are something that you didn't know you were, that's a discovery. That's a breakthrough. That's what needs to be paid attention to. Anyway, I'm at 45 minutes now, and I probably made this way too long, but I hope to have this out to you guys by tonight, hopefully, if I can get it fucking converted in time. Y'all have a lovely evening. This has been The Skeptical Scotsman. Um, with this episode... That's named Bridges and Dopamine. Have fun. Feel free to like, comment. Please comment. It's always beautiful. And if you can, share it if you found this interesting. Now, remember, I'm not saying I'm wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. This is the stuff I went through and uh, picked out. Feel free to add other points if you need to. All right? Uh, Peace out. Have fun. And, yeah, have a great day. Have fun.